Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it is not a face to find a cave full of bones carefully placed into piles like you're organizing your bedroom closet using the Marie Kondo method. My favorite activity. Me too. To do. um, if it doesn't get, bring you joy, get rid of it. Um, so as you might have guessed, uh, this book and this episode has some trigger warnings, some content warnings uh, for abuse, rape, violence, gaslighting, victim blaming, murder, and gore. So please take good care of yourself. And if any of those things are triggers for you, then this might not be the episode or book for you. So let's talk a little bit now about Near the Bone by Christina Henry. On top of a mountain in the dead of winter, 20-year-old Maddie is living with a monster, a monster who abuses her, manipulates her, and forbids her from leaving the mountain. However, Maddie is having dreams that suggest there is more to her life that she doesn't quite remember. As Maddie starts to piece her life together from before and how she ended up on the mountaintop, she plans her escape from her abuser, but there's more than one monster creeping in the woods. So she, uh, she has a lot to go. She's like, she's going, there's a lot going on for her right now. She does yeah, not she's catch a <laughs> My name is Caitlin, and a drive through the fall foliage may not fix all of my problems, but damn it, it sure does help. It is a cure for, is. for the sorrow, it for the is. horrors. It's the, the leaves this year are particularly very bright and beautiful. Um, I may have gone for a drive the other day and screamed at the trees how beautiful they were. Yeah. Um, because that's a normal thing to do on a Friday. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> um, hello, my name is Umberlin, and... Um, Beep, beep. Ooh. So, Caitlin, what's your favorite cryptid? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, processing them. Like, oh, she's a robot. Yeah. The entire time. Maybe. Uh, maybe like I'm a the... car. Maybe I'm a car honking. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, like. Like a roadrunner, like, meep, meep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, up for, that's up to the reader or the listener to interpret. Yeah. <laughs> oh, keeps us on our toes. What's yeah. my favorite cryptid? Um, well, not too long ago, you introduced me to the Fresno Nightcrawler, yes. and I have not been able to stop thinking about it. She's special. <clears throat> She's so special. If you don't know, uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler is basically, it, to me, it looks like a little ghost with two legs. It's fantastic. It's lovely. Google it. I don't know. I It's one of those where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I respect it. Beats me. Just know I want to be its friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's so cute. I remember when I first saw yeah. like a, it was like a para- factor fake paranormal files like uh, episode about it. I was like kind of terrified of it, but also like because I think I first saw that when I was like ten. But mm-hmm. but then as an adult, I'm like, where do I get one? Yeah, I want to go to there. I want to be like, yeah, I want to go to there. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is like. Someone captured it in one place, and then a completely different person captured it in a whole other uh-huh. s- other place. So I'm like, yeah. hmm, this is suspicious, and I like it. Like, if I saw it in the woods and it was coming at me, would I run and scream and cry? Yeah, probably. But then after that, I'd want to be its friend. Listen, as a true cryptid believer, I firmly believe it would be very difficult to, like, recreate the movements of that thing, like, Precisely. with a puppet or what have you. That was what they did in the show was they tried to debunk it and like recreate the movements and it was really difficult for them to do and i just like firmly believe that like you know that little guy he's probably out there somewhere like chilling vibing with his little buddies and i like to believe that like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna debunk the fresno nightcrawler yeah no i love i love him yeah he's my favorite as well i think like it's so cute um (laughs) 
I also have a special place in my heart for the jackalope. Um, I think they do exist. Like, if you don't know what the jackalope is, it's the little bunny that has the antlers. I used to, my mom used to have, like, a picture book about the jackalope that she'd read to me when I was a kid. Like, every good parent who raises their children on cryptids does. Correct. So, um, and then, like, of course, I feel like I have to mention Mothman. Oh, like, yeah. How do you know? Mothman not? is special. Like, I took a, I think I took, like, a cryptid quiz, like, a month ago where I got Mothman and I was like yeah you better believe I'm Mothman like nice. I think I, I took that same you quiz and I got the moon the moon <laughs> I, I got the moon on one the other day and I was like hell yeah <laughs> and I was like didn't know she was like cryptid but I'm here for the it. moon is a cryptid the moon is the cryptid like like she's she's a well-known cryptid we all see her but she's a, she's a cryptid all the same I think it's interesting like I was not upset about the results but I was like this is I was expecting like Mothman or something but I think okay. we should make a podcast that's like the tri- the cryptid factor 2.0. If not, because we both love cryptids, at least so we can get Restarby to notice us by yeah. suing us for copyright infringement. So listen, we'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. So Caitlin, this book was a whirlwind. Was there a specific moment that hooked you? Honestly, I was hooked straight from the get go. Um, on top of the already weird stuff with. A mysterious bear that's not a bear uh being hinted at like from the first line we find out that maddie has memories that she's told aren't real like at first i thought i'm like oh it's like a dream of hers i'm like this is interesting because i thought i i thought i you you told me that there was something with cryptids in this book so i was like <laughs> oh, maybe yeah it's all supernatural and everything i'm like oh and she's has dreams of something i don't know so I, I was just trying to piece together like what that was like within like the first couple pages um and then, uh, so she's having those memories, and she's told that they're not real, and that she shouldn't think about it, and she's told that by a man named William. We don't know exactly yet, but then immediately she says, William told her what to think, and she was sure he wouldn't like her thinking on the dead fox. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to know more. Like, where are they? Why is yeah, she with more William? About that. Who is he? Also, what year is it? I had no idea what year it was. Um, I did no research on this book. Um I was just like, I'm just going to go into it blind, not knowing anything about it. And I was like, when was this book written? And apparently it was only last year. Yeah. So, which is cool. And I was like, who's Heather? What are these dreams? Are they real? And the more information we learn, the more she remembers of her life. I I could not put the book down. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, I feel like this book is such a page turner from like start to finish because I feel like... yeah. Henry does a really great job of weaving like all of these different plot points that are like mysteries and I, you spend the whole book trying to figure out what's what. Like, yeah. In the first couple of chapters, when you first start to recognize signs that Maddie or like Samantha, which is her actual name, mm-hmm. is an abduction victim, you're hooked because you want so badly to know what like happened to her and like wh- who's Heather and where is she and is her mother alive and like yeah, how did she end up here and who was William to her that he was able to abduct her. Right. Um, like, those are the parts that I found myself focusing on the most in the book. And then I feel like the Beast was cool, but also secondary, because I was just so immersed in Maddie's backstory. That's yeah. what hooked me, too. When when a book can grab you like that immediately, I feel like that's it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, so did you have a favorite quote from the book? Um, I had a couple, but I'll start with the most prominent, which is that like the very very end and I feel mm-hmm. weird saying that the it's I always do this I'm always like the last the last the line last of the book line. is my favorite. 
but that's often because it's always the best like if, if you've ever read like i don't know like elizabeth gilbert's eat Pay, play love um mm-hmm. evertissimo let's cross over um i whenever i read that i'm like you know um <laughs> song i just Achilles. yeah song of achilles oh my god <laughs> i just read uh this book called by Anne patrick called the dutch house which ends kind of in like Sometimes I feel like whenever I hit the end of a book, it's like I don't cry the entire book, but then when I hit the last lines, just depending on what they are, I always end up crying. Yeah, because it kind of like if when there's a last line that can encompass like the entire book and like a way where it's like it's end, but it's like a good end. And it's just yeah. like it, it's a really good conclusion. Yes. <laughs> you feel content. Uh, right. That's how, that's how this one was. Yeah. It was like that. So when when um. When Maddie or Samantha, when she finally makes it down to where the police are off the mountain, when she walks in to get help for CP, um, and when uh, the cop asks her her name, she says, Samantha, my name is Samantha. Ugh. I was, I remember where I was. I was listening to the audiobook. I was walking around my apartment, and I was just, I just like clapped on the floor and started crying. Oh. I don't know why. I wasn't expecting it. Like, I wasn't expecting the whole book. I wasn't, I was like, just like, oh, you know, like, but I wasn't yeah. super moved. But at the very end, I was like, oh my god she went through so much look at her she made it like she reclaimed her identity she is samantha she spent the whole book debating that and here she is she is samantha like yeah and i think i think it's so emotional because you spend the entire book being like you're on the edge the entire time you're like because you just want her to get away and you want her to be able to live her life and get off this damn mountain and find her sister and so when she finally says because she knows her name samantha but she never says it out loud herself so like just having her saying it saying my name is samantha it's just like oh she did it it's like relief her name is samantha yeah yeah hit me <laughs> and then i can't think of a specific line but just to call and i think you were able to capture this caitlin mm-hmm. um so i'll let you talk about it more but just anything where she was able to have an, like a an experience that we take for granted yeah um and just live through that really got to me so yeah so my my first favorite quote um to go off of that was maddie didn't know how to explain to cp that she was crying because the sandwich reminded her of her mother and of a home and william had made certain she would never have her mother or her home again it's just like you said like the things we take for granted that we can have every day like cp makes a a grilled cheese sandwich for her something that anyone can do if you want to but she never got to she it was just the act of she also said that no one's ever made anything for her yes in like 12 years because she's always had to be the one to do it and even when she gets food it's not always the right proportion or nice it's literally just a piece of bread sometimes yeah something incredibly simple yeah so just and it was just nice to see like maddie slowly see these parts of the world that she was taken from mm-hmm. um and to be loved like that in a way and like just even just like um the three like jen and griffin and cp like calling her by her name was just a lot i feel like and right. so for her to be able to like feel this love from someone who's doing this for her and like to like remind her of home and oh it just really got me yeah it it, it, it... you know you know so oh i love what you did um i just read your line um did you have any other quotes before i go forward yeah um just one more that i really stood out to me was um maddie says in reference to cp she said he thinks there should be a happy ending just because he believes in one and it just made me so sad (laughs) 
Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. And I, I literally put my notes. I'm like, well, I want to be, <laughs> I want this to be a happy ending. So I believe in it. Like, I really want this. Because it kind of, because, you know, all these horrible things are happening to them and none of them seem to catch a break. If there's a theme to this book, it's none of, no one catches a break. Like, yeah. And like, Samantha keeps going like, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to get the hell out of here. And then just like knowing how bad, like, this world that she's living in is and how bad William is and these mm-hmm. monsters and she's like we just need to get out and CP's just like okay but everything's gonna be fine so yeah that's how I see this entire story going everything's gonna be fine we got a cool cryptid my friends are gonna yes. live and narrator voice everything was not fine <laughs> I love the distinction between like Maddie's just her her experience her loss of innocence and CP's blind optimism yeah to where she was like no you don't understand this is how shit is like life's hard and right. he's over there like let's We'll figure it out. Like, we'll figure it you out. know, we'll it's so interesting to me. Like they, they were my favorite foils in this book because, yeah. like, every time that she was like, "No," like, well, he was like, "Well, uh," you know, yeah. like, which is like <laughs> such a guy thing to do. It reminds me of like, I don't know, like, I feel like um, I'm always the type of person in situations where I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm stuck up here. Nothing's gonna be okay. It's all gonna be sad." And then my partner's like, "No, I won't be all fine. Everything's fine," you know. And I'm always just like, "No." So I just love that. That was like, really funny. So did you have, like, a favorite, like, what's a song? Yeah, let's do that. What's um, a song? <laughs> what's a song? Hey, Caitlin, what's a song? You're the music, <laughs> you're the, you're the music major here, so. <laughs> music business, not music, but still, music. Yeah, close enough. So the, the music, the music industry, the music economy. Yeah. The economy of music. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Keep going. Uh, the, 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 the music, the music industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it! Yay! Um, so is there a song you would play as you run away from a cryptid? Uh, yeah, I said Goodbye Earl from the Chicks, because if you don't know, that song is about two best friends, one of them who was abused, and mm-hmm. then the other friend coming to her friend's aid and then they kill her abuser, and I just think that's neat. Yes, like oh yes, goodbye, it's Earl. Such a it's such a good song. Oh my god! I fun fact yes. about this song: I knew all of the lyrics to the song at three years old. As you should, as you should. It's a good it's a good mantra for life. Like it is. Just I grew in case. up. I grew up on their music, and then I saw them in concert this summer, and yes. they ended with "Goodbye Earl," and I was like, everything has come full circle. Yes, it's like one of those roll credit moments where you're like, this yeah. is this is this is a callback. <laughs> and for those of you at home, this is a callback. <laughs> What was your, what would uh what would you play as you run away from a cryptid? Um, so I chose "What's a Girl to Do" by Bat for Lashes, because um, mm-hmm. it's so spooky. Like it's a very it's I it's on my Halloween playlist. I recommend it. I I can't remember where I, I I can't remember the origin of it. I think I either heard it from one of my very close friends from high school, um, Bella, who I love and mm. I, I I I haven't talked to them in a long time. So if if you're out there, I love you and I miss you. Either I got it from them or. Or I, uh, I think I might have heard in Scream Queens. I don't know if you ever saw Scream Queens, but it was like kind of like I didn't know. It's like an it's a great show. It only lasted two or three seasons, but it's a it's like an ode to horror. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the queen of horror herself, um, 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 Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, is in it, and so many other notable people from the horror genre are in it, and it just it's like weirdly good. Like it's it's 
it's like campy but it's really good like i really but like it. in a fun good way i love that yeah i don't know who they paid to to read leah michelle her lines for that specific show but she did great <laughs> yeah. too so um oh, all right well good for her yeah, yeah. but do listen to that song it's a great like running and yeah. looking behind you song that. so character <laughs> character <laughs> uh what's a caitlin you would make a grilled cheese for uh <laughs> We're killing it today. It's so good. I think it's, I'm, I have like really bad allergies uh, ever since I got home because I think my body's not Welcome used home. to there being trees and, and leaves and grass again. <laughs> yeah. Since I've been in the city for like a year now. And welcome to seasons. Yeah, welcome to seasons. And like, and it's just like, my, I woke up and I was like, Bleh! and my whole brain just feels so heavy. So if I say anything weird in this episode, you know why? Um, <laughs> you know why? You, but, you got here just as it's, we're really starting to, be consistently cold now yes yes and I also got here during like the peak of autumn which was like yeah great my mom told me that later earlier this week she goes guess what you're gonna be here during the peak of the leaves and I was like no I'm not and then I got here and I was like oh it's so pretty like it's peak season baby it's It's gorgeous it's beautiful so is there a character Caitlin (laughs) that you would make a grilled cheese for uh yeah I would make a grilled cheese for Griffin because he was the first one to come up on the mountain by himself mm-hmm. and see Maddie and William. And he immediately knew something was up with Maddie the first time he saw her. Mm-hmm. And was, like, even asking her, like, are you okay? And then, of course, William intervenes and, like, butts in and everything. But Griffin didn't let that go because he's also up there because he's searching for cryptids, as you do. Yeah. Um And... But he, because he sees Maddie, he comes back to not only continue his cryptozoology trip with his friends, but also check in on her and make sure she's okay. Because then we learn from CP, like, that Griffin did not stop talking about Maddie and, or Samantha and, like, how we have to go back and, like, make sure she's okay. And I just respect him so much for it that he, like, he noticed something was up and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. And, and he did. And yeah. he deserves so much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went into it not knowing. So, like, Griffin, ultimately, if you've read the book or if you want to know more, um, ends up being one of the monster's victims. Uh, and it's sad because it's like, this is definitely one of those books. Like, sometimes sometimes you, you encounter a piece of media where you're like, oh, like, this is an ethical, very, like, only the bad people die type of piece of media. We're like... Yeah. It's like, oh, somebody, you know, but then in a lot of horror, it's, that's never the case. It's like, you're going to die no matter who you are. It doesn't matter. It's like a Mike Flanagan yeah. show. It's like, it yeah. doesn't matter no how safe. good you are, you're dead. It doesn't matter how beloved yeah. you are, you're dead, you know? You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it, it's funny, too, uh, now that you say that, like, the two people who were the nicest to Maddie, yeah. I mean, CP had his moments, too, but he was still, like, a little, like, Ugh. rough sometimes yeah but like griffin was so nice to her all mm-hmm. the time and then jen was so sweet with her yeah always like you know calling her sensitive. by her name yeah. and being very aware of her situation mm-hmm. and being sensitive to that yeah. and then both of them spoilers Dead. this is a spoiler written podcast who cares yeah. <laughs> like they're gone yeah. <laughs> horrible they're and there's like part of me was like okay so because griffin gets taken away while he's unconscious, because he has this whole concussion from fighting William. Um, I think mm. he got beat over the head with a shovel, because William's a piece of shit. Yeah. And um, 
So he's unconscious. He gets taken away from them. And still part of me is just like, they'll find him and everything's going to be okay. It's going to be one of those stories where, like, a lot of conflict happens, but they yeah. all are okay in the end. And yeah. boy, howdy, was I wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christina Henry said, no. <laughs> no, she no, said, no. Not today. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> so what uh, What character would you make a grilled cheese for? The monster. <laughs> cryptid i just yeah. this guy he just exudes main character energy like organizing his bones hanging organs from trees chilling and vibing with the baby that they had it's like lgbt icon lgbtq <laughs> icon queer icon like when the moment the moment they mentioned them organizing bones i was like that that's a gay monster he's gay <laughs> that's gay that's that's gay that's one um <laughs> I love how organized they were. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love the monster. And, if it, like, until the very end, I mentioned, I mentioned, like, a bear or something. But at the very yeah. end, like, something happened to me where when she's looking into the trees and she sees the monster, in my mm-hmm. brain, he turned into Torto from My Neighbor Tortoro. So, oh, yeah. like, Totoro. Not Hordo. Tordo. Um, but. <laughs> I um, can't correct you. I don't know how it's pronounced. But honestly, it made me laugh so hard because, like, at the very end, when she's looking at the trees, all I can imagine was just Totoro just sitting there. And if you've ever seen that movie, then you'll know that's, like, that's hilarious. Like, that's not. Can you imagine Totoro hanging organs from trees? Like, that'd be wild. Um, But, yeah, love the monster. Um, Is there a character you would capture in a poisoned bear trap, even though we all know it's William? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man, fuck that guy. He sucks. Batman. Yeah, he uh, was canonically the worst. Yeah, ever. bad. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that he kidnapped her. Not a big fan of that. No. Um, wasn't a big fan of how he was using religion to justify his ways. Mm-hmm. Did not like that. Yeah. <laughs> Took all the wrong interpretations. Uh, yeah. Did not like... Uh, his existence. What I yeah. did like about him was when he died. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Um, that was a great part. <laughs> I feel like what made what made me hate him even more is I, I like this a lot of not like a lot of but most a lot yeah actually a lot of what happens to Maddie in the story is like not dissimilar to what happened to Elizabeth Smart. Um, mm, yeah, in, in real life. Um, and so just kind of being able to put, like, characteristically kind of, like, put a face in, in, in the real world to, like, the to, to like the actions and behaviors of someone like this made it just made me more aggravated, like, the whole time. Because these are yeah. all things that could actually happen. And I think I talk about this a little later, but I feel like Henry does a great job of capturing, cap, like, of, of, of portraying what it's like to live with somebody who's an abuser. Because you're consistently anticipating your needs. You're always on your toes. Um, you don't know when they're going to strike next, you, you know, and I just like felt that the entire book, the entire book I was on edge because I was always just like, what is this, what's this guy going to do next? You know? Yeah. And like, there are like, he's not, unfortunately, like he's not like, I don't want to be a super cynical. I don't mean to be cynical, but like, there are so many people in the world like him that yeah, no, they're reading aren't. it. I was just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> yeah. girl, I've been there. Like, so him, yeah, but then I will say, and this is probably not an unpopular opinion, but like there were times in the book when I wanted to take CP out, like, for real, for yeah. real. Like, I knew yeah. he was just a little bit, he was a bit ignorant about the situation. Contextually, he's, like, a college kid, you know, right. like, up alone on this mountain with this girl. But, like, there were just so many times when explicitly with CP, when it just felt like 
he would question her to the extent that like victim blaming I think kind of you'll see that a lot in the real world where you're asking questions like well why didn't you run why didn't you do this why didn't you do this and it's like you got I, I understand like why people sometimes ask those questions without like having the context of like what it means to be like with an abuser but like there are a lot of times when I was like sir read the room (laughs) right and like even even reading the book there are times where I'm just like um there was a part in the book where she was left outside and um to get back to the cabin on her own in the middle of the night in the winter and part of me and even like there's a part of her going this is your chance to run and part Mm -hmm. of me's like oh my god why isn't she going but then you got it like that's your immediate thought but then you Mm -hmm. really think about it and you go well because she was told by her abuser that if she goes into town they're just gonna return her back to him like he made he made her believe that like no matter what she did she would always come back there Mm -hmm. and also just the current situations of like could she even survive a trip back down by herself and she's also was not in a physical state to be able to do that so it's just when your life's on the line, these are hard questions to answer. Yeah. One critique I saw of this book was like, well, William's just confusing because, like, sometimes he wants to stay inside. He doesn't want to go anywhere. But then, like, he left her out there in the woods, like, when she could have ever very obviously want, right, ran. And I was just like, no, no, no. Like, no. you got to understand. Like, she, like, that's how abusers work. Like, she, he knew she was going to come back to the cabin. Like, he knew right. she wasn't going anywhere. That's why he left her out there. Like, he, she was already impaired, like, in, in able to go anywhere. Um... And, like, he knew that. So, of course, he left her there because he knew she'd be back. Like, he right. wasn't worried about losing her in that moment. Um, But, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right. We're on to our peaks and valleys. Valleys. What was your first peak for Near the Bone? This is, and this kind of goes along with the way that Henry captures abuse. But I think she just does a spectacular job of, of like, creating and portraying maddie's voice mm-hmm. um like if you've been kept away from society and have never experienced the things that we take for granted like grilled cheese and little coffee cakes and friendship with others oh, yeah. um you have all of these questions and every little n- new experience you have feels so big um and i just felt like when henry sat down to write this she asked herself over and over again like what does it feel like to experience grilled cheese for the first time or something like that yeah and it just i felt like she captured that so well and there were times another critique i saw of this book because i was like i was in deep on the goodreads um (laughs) writing um was like oh well you know i just don't like how simplistic the writing is i don't like how simplistic henry writes well she's writing from the perception First of all, yeah, no. But she's yeah. <laughs> writing from the perspective of a 20-year-old woman who was never taught to read or write beyond, um, like, a little bit of schooling after old. she was abducted. Yeah. yeah, who was abducted and, like, is probably, as with most abuse vict- or abduction victims, like, kind of premature, like, in her ability to write and read and, and speak and think, you know, not think, mm-hmm. but, you know. And, like, I felt like, I just felt like that was why henry wrote her that way to be kind of like uh, to be kind of not childish but just sound very innocent and soft and and meek for a lot of the book and i just felt like that was why and i was so confused about why people thought that the writing was simplistic or like childlike it's like yeah yeah i feel like that that's the point like you're you're reading it and you're like oh my god she's just a baby yeah like she is like mentally she is because she never got to live her childhood Exactly. So of course she's gonna sound like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It reminds me of the story with like the Turpin family from like a few years ago where um, uh, basically it was these two parents who were horribly like abusing and mistreating their like 15 children and one of the girls escaped and she's talking to the officer and she's never been outside on her own before or talking to another person that's not in her family before and she sounds like she's like 12 but she's 17 years old and it's just it speaks to how being treated like that can really mess with you mentally and I feel like Christina Henry was able to capture that in her writing and it's sad and it's terrible but it's unfortunately a realistic trait right like cp keeps using the word whatever in the book yeah and she's like what's what like she doesn't know what that word is and i remember in the turpin video like it was the same thing like the the officer used a word that she medication yeah medication medication? what is medication and that's like really sad because like that's how a lot of that's how that's how this girl's living in the book is like yeah. with completely cut off from society and i feel like henry does such a great job of capture capturing what that would be like um yeah what was your first peak uh my first peak was the cryptids yeah oh. <laughs> i love cryptids Cryptids. uh avid listener of the cryptid factor if i have never mentioned this on the podcast before. we'll link it yeah <laughs> we'll link so it it's such, if you like cryptids this is a podcast for you. It's podcast so for fun. You. It's hilarious, but it's also just full of cryptid news, and it's it's great. Yeah, I tend to recommend. Uh, this is an endorsement. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the cryptids. I thought it was so like it's already a terrible situation to be, um, you know, kidnapped and being abused by your kidnapper mm-hmm. on top of a mountain away from society. But then. You add cryptids to that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, like you so badly are rooting for Maddie to get the hell away from William. And Mm -hmm. no matter how far she gets from him, they literally still have cryptids chasing after them and killing her friends. Like, there is no escape. They cannot get out. (laughs) Yeah, we we cannot get out, mama. (laughs) So, and I also just think, I think the cryptid itself was super interesting. Yeah. Because at first, reading it, because you don't, know exactly like what's going on with this so maddie keeps equating it to like a bear but like a really big bear yeah like we know it's not a bear but that's the best thing that she can think of because she can only send like she doesn't see it often but she senses how big it is and what it can do and then we see in like early on in the cave that it's um organizing all the bones and also has all of the guts and innards of its victims icon so yeah so um i thought that was just really interesting like oh why is it doing that but then also in the beginning i wasn't sure i was like is this cryptid protecting maddie possibly Mm -hmm. because it stalks her through the night when she's left out on her own Mm -hmm. but i'm like maybe it's there to protect her and maybe it eventually will get william or something i don't know i just thought like oh maybe there's like more to this cryptid like um I guess symbolically in a way. Yeah, I um, thought that way too. So, so like that was really cool. Um, but then, just the whole imagery and it's t- terrible, horrible, and awful. But the whole imagery of the cryptid stringing up the victims in the trees like Christmas ornaments uh, was horrifying. Crazy. Like, it was uh, <laughs> it's just a quirky little cryptid. <laughs> like, <laughs> quirky. <laughs> it's just 
decorating for the holiday season. Um, He's like Jonathan if- Van Ness up in there. Like, we really <laughs> thought that you needed to add a little something, something to your living space. So we've strung organs up in the trees. We know you said you love Christmas. So <laughs> you like- seem to really like your friend Griffin. So we put him on the tree. <laughs> Like queer, cryptid queer eye. Hi, welcome back to cryptid, cryptid queer eye. I'm Mothman, and today we're going to be making over <laughs> this woman's house with millions and millions of little moth egg sacks. You're, she's gonna love it. She's gonna love it. Cryptid queer eye. <laughs> oh my god. The um, this the, the <laughs> um. The, uh, what is it? The, the, uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler is, like, like, the one that's all about, like, he's, like, the, he's, like, the, um, the, the, um, the one of the the group that's all about, like, helping you build your character. He, like, just gotta strut. (laughs) You just gotta strut. Just look high. Look, walk, walk with your shoulders. Have the confidence. Shoulders dropped. Neck high. (laughs) Chin high. And strut. Oh, my God. Elusively through the forest. (laughs) I love Guys, someone please make cryptic queer eye for please. me. <laughs> Draw it, write it, do anything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was. <laughs> I think that my second peak is the cryptic queer eye. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what um, was your second peak? My second peak was the psychological elements of this book because they were just mm. so jarring and well written. And as I said earlier, I kind of found myself trying to anticipate William's needs and actions along with Maddie. Um, throughout the book and I feel like that's just such a accurate depiction of like a person's dynamic with their abuser is just you're consistently kind of like what are they gonna do now like what, what mm-hmm. are they gonna say and it's like you know what's coming but it still hurts um yeah so that really though I feel like I was just really like in deep on those and that's what kept me turning the pages every single uh like like literally I think I read the book in a day just because yeah. Um, I wanted to see William die so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, we all. And I think, like, as an addition to that peak, I really, I think it's great that Maddie got to be the one that to end him. Like, it could have been yes. the Beast. Like, the Beast kind of, like, you know, um, impeded his abilities. But at the end of the day, it was her that got to push him and, and let him go. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, like, great. Like, just such a great example of, like, taking back, taking back the narrative from your abuser. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, like, I feel like, in contrast to, like, Ninth House last week, where I just kind of felt like, it, like, every single person who was, who experienced abuse, it's, like, it was centered on the main character in yeah. a way that wasn't super, like, like, every, it seemed like all the abuse was, was like, a, were like, they were, like, plot devices for the main character to, like, improve their situation. This yeah. week, I felt like it was great that the person, the, the person who was a victim got to take back that narrative and yeah. take William out herself, so, um, that was mine. Yeah, I like, too, that, um, because Maddie was like, okay, even if the creature did um, take him out, like, she doesn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And so unless you get that, like, solid proof, then she's always going to, like, have William, like, lurking in the back of her mind of being, like, if he's still out there. So I'm glad that she was able to, one, kill him herself, and two, see the proof that, yes, he's gone. He's yes. forever. Like, he's done. <laughs> she was able to give him that finality and herself that finality. And I just, like, yeah. ugh. Woof. It was so good. Bark, bark. Yeah. Woof, woof, bark, bark. Meow. Uh, my second peak was just being able to piece together literally everything. That's, like, what we've both been talking about. Like, that's been... That was what kept me turning the pages. Like, I yeah. needed to know what happened so bad. Um, 
I didn't read anything about this book beforehand. I didn't look up the summary or look up what the book was about. Um, uh, we have a friend from high school, Nova. Shout out to Nova. God bless you for this book. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I asked them what their favorite horror novel was, considering that's all I ever see them read. Hmm. And I trust them. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they did not let me down because this book was insane and yeah. I liked I liked being in the dark about everything with Maddie because I feel like sometimes if I know more than the narrator it doesn't always work or I'm just like oh well they'll find this out eventually mm-hmm. or it just bothers me so like I and I just I love puzzles so I like being able to piece things out like right. myself and try and put it together I love guessing then like like who's Heather like is it like at first I thought it was like her girlfriend or something and then you yeah. find out it was her sister and then just trying to figure out like where all these memories are coming from or like are they actually dreams like what happened and then I didn't know what year the book took place for the longest time mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because it just shows you how isolated uh william made maddie feel and live like they live in like they have no electricity their bathroom is an outhouse like they have um like she has to be wearing like these like wool skirts and uh there's no technology like all these things and so i'm just like what and like just the way that william speaks it's so horribly outdated and Mm -hmm. terrible Mm -hmm. so i'm like what i was like what year is it like what's going on and then you find out it's like today's year like this this book was written last year Mm -hmm. and uh you know the um her friends that she meets along the way like they have cell phones and all of this stuff so like right it takes place now but it just shows how far removed she was from civilization so when she first had the memory of her christmas stocking and what with her real name samantha on it i gasped i was like oh my god (laughs) i'm like Mm -hmm. who is she what happened to her Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to put the book down because I feel like like this book was so immersive where I f- it was like I was watching a movie and if I had to put the book down I felt like I was abandoning her in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I don't I'm like I can't leave my girl <laughs> like she's got to escape like I have to keep reading can't leave so my girl she, out there. I know she gets out. Yeah. And um but it was also like sometimes like I would read so much I'm like okay today I had to put this that like, I read it in 2 days but like right. the first day I was like this is a lot yeah. and I need to I just need to like a lot of big feelings a lot of big feelings a lot of heavy topics I'm just like okay time to go scroll on TikTok and yeah. lose some more brain cells real quick yeah yeah time to go and like be yeah yes yeah and just have something light and a little funny to listen to but it was it was just the learning all of this information and just like seeing her remember things and then eventually you get this voice of samantha that is like talking to her that she calls her samantha voice mm-hmm. of her like trying to take it back so i loved the, both of the, the um just seeing her like internal struggle of that of like she's stuck as maddie but she wants to reclaim samantha but she can't she can't try quite trust samantha yet because right. she doesn't know what else to do and uh, this is really good it's, it's such a quick read it's uh so good worth it worth it worth it and worth i think it. it's i don't know if it's self-published but i do think it's it's at least independently published so i feel like that's, oh wow like really impressive that i feel like this person like i feel like christian hunter deserves like all the praise for her work yeah. like because i feel like this book is better than like half the stuff i've read that's been published by like one of the big publishers recently yeah no i completely agree so did you have a valley for this book yeah this is a me thing um, because like <laughs> okay. it was part of the book and it made sense and it was like plot relevant but it, i was so pissed um at everyone in the mountain when maddie like 
would suggest any intelligent like effort to leave <laughs> um and they'd all be like well no we got we gotta get this first we gotta get the cryptid we gotta get a picture of the cryptid first it's like no yeah. you don't need to get i think if it was just the cryptid up there maybe but there's also a man up there with a gun who's like super abusive yeah. so like maybe yeah. leave question mark like it just bothered me how i mean like i understand listen as somebody who loves cryptids i understand but also like you gotta prioritize your own safety and the well-being of this person that's like just yeah. been abducted and like kept in. That's what was killing me. I was like, y'all need to not prioritize your cryptids right now. Like it was like not just the fact that they went back to the cabin. Yeah. Like because like at first all, they were all pretty much safe except for Griffin. He was taken, but like they were all pretty much safe and that they just like maybe camped out for the night there, mm-hmm. and then they just left. And just kept going down the mountain. Like, I think they would have made it. They could have done it. Yeah. But then at the end when uh, CP was like, nah, I got to go back for Griffin's backpack. <laughs> like, we got to do that. Like, you sure like, don't. <laughs> like, part of me was like, I get it. You just lost two of your best friends. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. want that proof. But also, this girl has been stuck on this mountain for yeah. 12 years. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking, like, I don't know what i do in this situation. But I got a feeling it's not that. I feel like yeah. I'd probably I'd be like, oh, oh my god, you look awful. Let's get out of here. Like, let's yep. leave. Like, like we we're are leaving right not now. staying on this mountain. Yeah. Oh my god. What was yours? What was your valley? Um, another me thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, because if I had to have a valley, I feel like it would be that the book ended before we got to see Samantha reunite with Heather. Mm, yeah. Um, because I love reunions mm-hmm. so much in real life and books and shows and movies they make me cry every time i love it so much and i um just had my love for heartfelt reunions really wanted to see samantha reunite with her sister because yes. you hear so much about her especially after you find out that her mom was killed by william yes so i'm like oh please just give her her give sister her back yeah. i just needed to see them reunite and then um for some reason, I thought there was 19 chapters in this story, so I was like, oh, I have one more after this, but then, like, I got to, like, Samantha, my name is Samantha, and I was like, oh, wow, and Yay! then I went to the next page, and then it was, like, about the author, and I was like, wait, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready! <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping for a little something, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't need it, because, mm-hmm. honestly, that last line was so powerful. It yeah. nearly made me cry. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, Caitlin, on a scale of one to five, how many Fresno Nightcrawlers um, would you give this, would you give Near the Bone? I gave Near the Bone five out of five Fresno Nightcrawlers. Uh. Holy fuck. This book was so good. Yeah, it was good. I loved it so much. It was, I literally, like, it wasn't even just the fact that, like, I couldn't put it down. It was just because you get, just get so invested in these characters mm-hmm. and just, like, Oh, you want them to escape so bad. And then also there's cryptids, which is really cool. But also they're kind of doing not cool things to the people that you're rooting for. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was really good. How about you? What did you rate it? Yeah, I gave this book four out of five for Esmer Nightcrawlers. It was was just, like, really, really good. I think it was better than, like, a lot... As I said before, it was a lot better than a lot of, like, the big name published books that I've been reading recently. I just thought it was, like... I feel like Christina Henry is so talented, and I cannot thank Nova enough for recommending this book because it's, like... It's just really good. Like it is. You should read it. <laughs> it, really is. it is excellent. Yeah, this is my favorite book of Spooktacular October. Yeah, Spooktacular October. Mm-hmm. 
So thank you for listening to The By Moonlight during Spectacular October, and tune in next week when we return to the fantasy genre with Lee Bardugo's Siege and Storm. Woohoo! Yarrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr